What's up, humans? It's your host, Chubby, with another episode of A Cup of Culture podcast. A little life update. I'm traveling to Morocco this coming weekend for my two-month French language immersion program. During this time, I'd be living with a local host family and enjoying me some traditional and delicious home-cooked meals. I'd be exploring beaches and different cities like Casablanca and Marrakech and engaging in fun conversations with the locals about Moroccan culture, foods and arts using my extremely limited French language speaking abilities, which I'm hoping to improve by the end of this program. On my personal Instagram at chubbymehra29, I might also just post some pictures of me going on camel rides in the Sahara Desert, hiking to the Atlas Mountains, or camping under the stars. So if you're really missing me, you can check out what I'm up to there. And no, this is not an end. All of this to say that yes, people, I'll be taking a brief pause from producing new shows because I really need to take some time off to recharge my batteries and come back with renewed passion and energy for season two of impactful stories of women from around the world. But don't worry, I'll be sure to fill your cup of culture with one more bonus episode and plenty of love. To wrap up our season one, I'm bringing you Lisa Malambri. She is a Twitch partner and esports host, a shoutcaster, and overall an amazing person. Lisa and I worked together on a project about esports and gaming in the US Air Force in 2020. And on our final night, she left me with a little cute journal signed by her called Every Day I'm Hustlin' that I completely scribbled and scribbled into until I ran out of pages. When I saw her on camera for the first time, her powerful voice and infectious energy got me so excited to learn more about the broadcast industry. And in our conversation today, Lisa shares more of that. How she got into the broadcast industry, the challenges of being a woman in the space, content burnout, and a bountiful amount of advice for those who share similar passions. So without further ado, let's jump in. What color are you feeling today? Ooh, what color am I feeling today? I mean, there's a lot of pink going on right now in this situation. But when you say that as far as a feeling, I don't know, like a bright peach, the mango for some reason just pops immediately into my mind. Yeah. Awesome. I feel like I can just see that color on your face too. Like <laughs> you're getting excited about this conversation. Awesome. Well, I guess to kind of build a little bit of context about our conversation today, can you talk about your background, where you're from, and what do you do? It's very diverse and vast. So, I mean, I'll try to give it as uh, concise as possible, but raised a military brat, traveled around when I was little, settled in Kansas, grew up here until I graduated high school, and I was like, deuces, I'm out, traveled the world, started modeling, and through that industry, I was able to, again, you know, travel the world, visit a bunch of different countries and get experience with different cultures. And it was really awesome. And eventually settled in Los Angeles to pursue acting. Met a boy, got pregnant, 
<laughs> acting didn't happen. But gaming, you know, kind of happened on the side with all the free time. And then gaming just kind of took off, right? Gaming started becoming a thing where you could actually make it a job in different facets. And so I was like, this I like. Let me, let me dive a little bit more into this right now. And that's what happened. And here we are. I work now in the gaming industry, doing a lot of hosting stuff in the industry, a lot of esports hosting and commentating as well. And here now talking with you. Awesome. Well, can you talk about like, how did you get started in the gaming industry? Were games something that you were always passionate about? Or is it kind of by accident? I've always liked gaming. It wasn't growing up or like in my early adulthood, you know, and traveling, I wasn't like, I needed my uh, portable gaming device or what have you. It was once I got into LA and met this boy and we started gaming more together. And then he, as an actor, was getting invited to a lot of gaming industry events. And I was his plus one. So that was awesome. And that, I would say, is what got me into the industry because I was able to meet industry professionals directly and cultivate friendships, relationships. And fast forward, you know, just the more that I dove into it and we kept on with these relationships that I was able to get more connected directly myself and no longer be the plus one. Now I'm with myself. It's just Lisa, plus one. Rick, you can come with me if you'd like to be my plus one today. No. But uh, yeah, that's how I definitely got my foot into the industry to actually be able to find some work in that realm. And after, you know, having hosted so many events, was being on camera something that excited you? Like, what was the feeling like? So hosting was a whole different set of talent, skills, if you will, and something I hadn't trained in. I started to, once the gaming side, and I realized kind of that's what they were looking for, what was needed, and the opportunities were available. So I did start pursuing hosting classes when I was in Los Angeles. But I love being on camera, absolutely, because like I said, I started modeling right out of high school and I was always on camera. But, you know, my energy right now, when you're doing photography, there is no imagery, right? It's just posing. It's quiet. There's no noise. And maybe some people like that with me. They're like, no, no more. But for me, I was like, more. Hence why also I started pursuing acting because I wanted to be able to do a little bit more with movement and what have you on camera. So that's why I think I pursued it in that direction, because I just love being on set, working with the team, creating content. For sure, like I said, I had to pay for these classes, right, for hosting, because I wanted to figure out what is so different, what do I need to do to be able to put into my back pocket and try to be better at this and propel my uh, future, hopefully, in hosting at the time. So here we are. So, you know, in retrospect, what would you say were some of the hardest battles you've had to fight to get to where you are today or even some that you are currently facing now? I mean, the hardest is being a woman in the industry, right? And I think as I've come along, I feel like it's like that in any industry. But in video games, it was anyhow much more hard gatekept by guys because video games was a guy's thing. That's a guy's pastime. Girls don't do that, and therefore everything needs to be catered to guys. So if a girl wants to come in, she's got to take a back seat, ride the wave if she wants, but just shh, don't say don't say much. Just just be there if you want or don't, because we don't care because we're guys. And that also probably is what sparked a lot of my fire, because I'm like, no, we will not be like this. I will show you that it's not just a boys thing. Girls can too. I think that's just what I hate that saying. It's like whatever guys can do, girls can do too. Man, but it's kind of what it was, and I think that was the biggest obstacle. 
And you can understand that that could definitely affect a lot of different facets of things, especially even once I'm able to be on camera, then it's on the receiving side, right? It's just like, why is there a girl on the camera? This is awkward. What kept you going? How did you overcome that feeling? I think that I've always been fueled by others. I wouldn't say doubt per se, or maybe that is what it is, right? If underestimating my capabilities, I suppose. And I knew I could do it. And even now, right? I'm like, I don't want to leave the space until I've helped to make an impact to further women in gaming. And I'm already starting to get emotional about it. Ah, shut me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's been my fuel. It's been like, this isn't okay. We need to change something. I feel like I'm not afraid, you know, to speak up. It has gotten me in trouble at times. It's also helped in other ways. Maybe it's gotten me more in trouble than it helped. I'm not sure, but I think that that's just my personality, unfortunately. And I really want to be the voice to help where I can. And it's all in good, right? Versus I hope I'm not hurting anything by being so vocal. But are there any rules to that, right? Even so, it's you're already breaking the norms, the breaking the rules. So are there then the rules to breaking the rules? How do you do that? It's just, you gotta do it, I think. And so I've definitely been fine to open it up, let it be known, say my piece and try to do my best to listen and understand where I can apply myself and my talents to grow and further advance women in gaming. Well, first of all, I'm going to send you right now a virtual hug as you're trying to like soak it in. <laughs> and then two, I resonated with a lot of what you said, like, just being a woman in the industry, in any industry, I've been around so many industries, whether it's retail, broadcast, on camera, off camera, I feel like I often yeah. being like the only woman, only woman of color, only international student, I felt like it gets overwhelming to always carry the burden of being the first one, even though it's one of the most transforming experience because you're helping someone behind you kind of set the path for. Um, so really resonated with what you said about, you know, being a woman in this industry, always trying to prove ourselves that we are capable. We've had these many years of experience, always trying to convince someone that we can mm. do a good job and do it well. Yeah. As you were talking about some of your personal experience, like being in this industry, a question that came to mind was, what would you say are top three personal growth moments you witnessed in your career so far? My most reason would be I was recently diagnosed ADHD. And so that was probably the biggest because that helped me to understand why I process certain things the way I do, why I react the way that I do. So then in understanding that and myself better, it allowed me to learn to do the things on a foundational level to get my brain functioning optimally because it's already not out the gate, unfortunately. And then in turn, how can I behaviorally shift and understand better social norms and be able to play along without, you know, breaking what I truly love of, of myself is my authenticity. I'm very honest and transparent. And you can understand that that can be not so, you know, good sometimes. And I'm learning how to be transparent and uh, genuine and authentic without maybe, you know, being too bold about, you know, sometimes it's like, here's the facts. And and for me, it's like, this is the fact. But the presentation of it, I'm not understanding that, oh, well, uh, that may have, you know, been a little rough, potentially, when I mean nothing by it other than just the facts right here. And that, of course, you can understand affects relationships and what have you. And so that, I think, is a really big one to date. So before 
I would say it would be the getting into gaming from traditional entertainment. Totally different because most people in gaming are creating it. We're deciding what the rules are. We're, we're making the rules. In Hollywood, for example, there's already set rules. There's already foundations. There's already like a process that you do and follow. And in gaming, it's we're making it. There's no rules. So having to throw those, the structure and all that out the window, I mean, not completely. And to be able to understand like, okay, we can still make awesome stuff. And people are bringing different ideas to the table. And that's great. That's fantastic. So me having to understand that, it seems kind of weird. Like it seems like something that you would, anyone would be like, well, duh, you know, be malleable. But when you're literally ingrained and trained to do it like this, like when you're in classes, it's like this. And then coming into an industry where it's like, we're, it's not like anything. It's just whatever we say it is. I'm like, oh, okay. And going with the flow in that, of course, then with previously not knowing I was ADHD. So now you can put those two together. <laughs> so being like, oh, you know, okay, esports. It's like, this is very, very different than other kind of broadcasts as well. And that was very transformative, 100%. Like I will definitely say it because I was just like, okay, soaking that in, being good with it and being happy with it. Because that part of me too, I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> That's another probably because of ADHD things, but it's just that helped to kind of be less worrisome on the being perfect side. Not to say that I'm not still perfectionist because that's still, <laughs> still a thing, still a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I try not to. But in a third one would be more like, I started more heavily as an influencer because that was an easier avenue to traverse, right? You start streaming, make content, YouTube videos and et cetera. And then uh, breaking into esports and having a, a different format with that in regards. That was awesome. I think that was a really good growth as well. Because as a broadcaster, when you're working in esports, you're working on other people's projects, right? So your brand kind of takes a backseat a little bit, aside from being aligned with this brand you're working on. So then, yes, when you're trying to do your own things, it can sometimes not be as profitable because you've been spending all of your time working on other people's projects. So... That's kind of weird. As I'm saying that, I'm like, yeah, you know, I lost uh, my influencer side and leverage there <laughs> by going over to esports. But I don't know. It's still something very cool about it. And I'm so thankful that I've been able to experience both and just a, a lot of different facets in the gaming industry. It's super fun. It just feels like there's something new always around the corner and meeting new people. And that has been the downside of the pandemic, for example, right? Everything going remote and you meet less and less people because we're not going to events and conventions and stuff and meeting everybody. And even if you've talked to them online, it's a way different vibe when you're able to see them in person, connect physically in that way, face to face, and then therefore, you know, meeting other people. I mean, it's just, yeah, I definitely miss those if you can't tell. And hopefully we're getting back to those. So since having been diagnosed with ADHD, I'm sure that being on camera or producing content almost on a daily basis can cause some kind of exhaustion or burnout. What would you say keeps you grounded in those moments? Or how do you cope up with it? What's your practice of taking care of yourself? Ooh, girl. I mean, I think that during the pandemic, and I don't know if it's because of the overwhelmingness of the pandemic, I'm not sure what it was, whatever the recipe, I think I concluded I was definitely brought to a burnout, 100%. I thought I knew burnout. I thought it was a, ooh, I need to take a day. Huh. Burnout. No, I've literally been trying to get back at it and back to my, what I feel as myself with my producer brain and drive and passion to create content, which I want to, 
But as far as like in here and the get up and go, I've got all these ideas, I'm doing it vibe, it stops for some reason. I've been coping with that for over a year and a half now. And I thought like I was going through one summer of it. I thought that was my burnout. The first summer I was like, oh, I'm experiencing burnout, hardcore. Should be on the other side soon, guys. Here we go. And here I am this far along later because I've been doing this virtually my entire adult life, you know, grinding as a freelancer. So yeah, as it just gets more and more competitive, that need to put out a video every day, new ideas, constantly got to be on it. What are the trends right now? And it's, it's its own job. And I'm also a wife. I'm a mother. And that has compounded, I think, in my brain. My brain's just like, girl, you need to chill for a hot bit because we can't keep up. <laughs> I don't know. And then I think that's about the same time that I also got diagnosed ADHD. And maybe in be taking better care of myself is what even just kind of met me at this crux of the burnout, right? Where it's like, yeah, this is the answer. This is part of the answer. Now that you're better taking care of your brain by eating better foods, cutting out literally all the stuff that they tell you not to be eating, but you're like, I can have it. It's fine. Because I feel like the messaging hasn't been wrong this whole time. It's like they equate bad food to like weight or something. And that's not necessarily the case that can attribute to that, but there's different side effects, right? And so for me, because it wasn't necessarily weight, I was like, I'm going to eat whatever, blah. But actually what I was doing was bogging up my brain, you know, bogging up my body. And so I wasn't giving my brain an optimal start to my days. And so by doing that, then I was able to realize and in telling myself subconsciously, like, you just need to not do that for a little bit, okay? Because we're kind of, kind of stressed out over it. Let's just not. And just trying to be better about mindfulness, meditation, being, treating my body better, getting that sunlight in my eyes trying to be better about grounding, you know, all the side little things that take effort and trying to implement those habits because learning that you can't just go, I've got 10 different things I want to start doing and doing them in one day, right? You got to start introducing them. So it's been taking a while to change things over from my old lifestyle, I'll call it, to now my new lifestyle and what that looks like in my daily habits. And yeah, I feel like it's taken like a couple of years just to get my whole self back in order and now be able to hit the ground running and have a clear mindset of stuff and just being able to just enter back in with a fresh sense of passion. And I'm not there yet, but I'm getting close. So let's talk a little bit about that with your newfound passion and excitement to continue creating content. If you were given the magic of designing your day, what would a good day look like to you? Waking up, you know, doing my morning routine. If I could have somebody make my juice for me, that'd be great because I press my own juice and that's a process, girl. Like I've learned to turn washing fruits and vegetables into just like a meditative kind of thing. I'm like, this is my therapy today. I'm just kind of chilling and zoning out to washing vegetables. And <laughs> it's a whole process. And then cutting it up and juicing it. Oh my goodness. But that would be the perfect day. Oh my goodness. If I could have a personal chef. I just need a personal assistant, period. That would be great. <laughs> then uh, just being able to get to my desk and already have my daughter be taken care of and be able to just have uninterrupted time to think and write and create because my days are rare to be able to have those dedicated chunks of time uninterrupted. I need to get that ironed out 
and just being able to execute on it because a lot right now it's just been, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I just don't have the time. And again, back to the whole personal assistant thing. I mean, if I have some dinner ready, cause I don't, you know, we don't want to order out all the time. The doing that isn't good, not only for my bank account, but just the quality of food that you're getting as well. And then I think the biggest factor is just having that chunk of uninterrupted time. And if I could get like one or two good content pieces done a day, that'd be great. And then be able to still go to bed on time. On time meaning I've gotten better with my circadian rhythm because I was never ever previous ADHD diagnosis, going to bed before 12, maybe even going to bed before one, two, and nor was I rarely you know, waking up before 9 a.m., 10 probably on average. But now I've shifted that and that's definitely been hugely beneficial. And then be able to start over again would be chef's kiss. <laughs> awesome. And while we have our high spirits in, I wanted to ask you this question for a very long time. But what would you say are the highlights of your career? I feel like just being able to work in the gaming industry is one massive highlight, right? It's just so fun. It's awesome to say that I get to work and make money in an, a way that I thoroughly enjoy. Of course, I'm speaking about burnout, but I think that that's going to happen regardless because I loved it so much. I just was pushing myself so hard. I mean, one thing I'll never forget is I definitely was able to host with Garth Brooks on an event. Even though I'm not like I can make a fan personally, I just know he's an icon, you know? And I'm like, whoa, I grew up hearing him because my dad would listen to him all the time. But that was right when the pandemic was starting. I was supposed to go there and be in person with him. Try not to think of the shoulda, coulda, woulda. I was like, no, I could have been there with Garth Brooks and his wife. But that was super cool. I've been fortunate to interview a lot of celebrities just in the industry. But I think being able to commentate, you know, for the first time, I think I did that live at a grand finals. And I was definitely helped by a really good friend that <laughs> veteran in the, in the casting realm and did a, a really good job of carrying me through it all. And that helped me to gain confidence that I could cast as well. Because, yeah, I definitely didn't think I would want to touch that. But it's actually super duper fun. And just meeting people, spending a lot of time together. And just there's a lot of things that would never have happened had I not gotten into gaming industry, right? Just gaming connects people in such amazing ways. So if the young Lisa Malamry is projecting herself into our conversation right now, what would your one piece of advice to her be? And if anybody is starting out in the broadcast industry, what would your advice be then? Hmm, to my younger self, I would just say, don't worry about what other people think. Do you keep doing you. I know it's tough, but if you could just literally not worry about that because everyone has their things. And here's... Here's something a lot of people just don't understand and something I've had to learn for myself as well is just because something feels different or maybe someone's acting different, it doesn't have to be about you. Everyone has their own lives, right? They're going through something, probably, potentially, have empathy for that and uh, keep on keeping, just keep loving you and do the best that you can without the worry of other people and their behavior to impact then how I would feel and move forward from that. And then for anyone trying to get into the broadcasting for gaming specifically, I would say pick a game you love, stick with it, grind it out, learn it inside out, speak to it, make content for it. That's basically what I did with Valorant. And that caught the eyes of integral persons who then reached out to hire me 
for events and gigs and such. So if you can know the content and know the game, then you're valuable. So study it up, make good content, love it, be positive and a nice person. And uh, if there are any women out there, girls out there that are listening and are interested in getting into gaming, please do, don't hesitate. Don't let anything, whatever that may be, stop you or make you worried about if you're able to get your foot in the door because you can and we need you we need you so please come on in i think that's definitely trying to shift the narrative of that whole girls trying to push girls out kind of thing which is very obviously counterproductive it's pretty spoken about against in the industry in gaming industry so we welcome you women uplifting other women girls uplifting other girls that is the meta let's go and let's be loud and proud. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, that almost brings us to the end of our conversation. But before we wrap up, we do a little fill in the blanks. And it goes, I am a rock star and my superpower is... I'm a rock star and my superpower is... I don't know if the gift of gab is a superpower, but I love talking and I could just keep talking and talking talking and talking and talking just a reminder one more bonus episode coming your way so be on the lookout for that on your favorite podcast listening platform thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in the next one until then toodles <laughs>